0: So if you want to know that if your phone is listening to you, they are. (laughs) (laughs) Conspiracy theory. Now we're the conspiracy theorists. (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of Is Fitz Happy? I'm Luke. And I'm Emma. This week we're discussing Chapter 6 of Royal Assassin, Forged Ones.
1: Dun dun dun!
0: Oh yeah, it's starting to pick up now. It's all <laughs> coming together. Um, the intro to this one is talking about Queen Constance's sons, King-in-waiting, Chivalry, and Verity. Um pretty much discussing how chivalry was the eldest by 2 years on his 16th birthday he became king in waiting and was pretty much immediately sent out to resolve um, border conflicts conflicts and solidify the uh the borders of the six duchies as they were created by shrewd's uh, father yes um and then verity was spending every single day since Chivalry was sent out asking, like, "Can I join my brother?"
1: Well, only once a month.
0: Well, yeah, once a month formally. Always declined by Shrewd for six years. For six years until, um, until uh, Verity's twentieth birthday, basically, or twenty when he was twenty and mm-hmm. Chivalry was twenty-two. Then he was allowed, and they continued like that for four more years until Chivalry abdicated. Mm-hmm. Um, but during that time, people were speculating of like why that happened Uh Uh, and people were wondering like you know was chivalry sent out to protect him from Queen Desire's machinations and manipulations and things like that or did Queen Desire send him out to get him out of the way
1: and potentially put him in harm's way
0: right exactly and there is some evidence for that second one because Shrewd kept denying Verity but at yeah. the same time, like, I also understand a king's reasoning of, like, I want my sons to have different, you know, things that they do well. Right. I don't want both of them out.
1: Also, Verity isn't and waiting so he doesn't need as much protection. Right. Still needs a lot, because he's next in line if something happens to king and waiting right. I would think, but what do I know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it says that uh, while they were gone for the whole... I don't know, what was it, 10 years that uh, Chivalry was out campaigning, basically. He was gone from Buckkeep.
1: Most of the time, yeah.
0: Most of the time. He didn't spend more than a few months. Regal was being groomed by Queen Desire as much as possible. Right.
1: Which does make me feel a little bit bad for Regal. I mean, I will give him sympathy in this, that he had two older brothers, one which was never around, and the other which only wanted to be with the other brother, (laughs) <laughs> um granted I'm sure his mom at the same time is saying you're better than them don't play with them or whatever she was saying. Right, yeah. Um so it wasn't just how it looked from his brothers not wanting to be around but also his mom had a big influence in their relationship and it's kind of sad cuz they probably could have gotten along in some ways.
0: And we get a glimpse of what Regal could have been early on in this chapter. Yeah. From Fitz's view, at least. (laughs) Anything else about those uh, two brothers, how they ruled and why he was sent away? What do you think?
1: Well, I think it was Desire's doing, but maybe it was more of like shrewd making Desire think it was her thought sort of thing.
0: We do get a previous, like in one of the earlier chapters, saying that True did not like going around to the borders and they pretty much just give the king in waiting the duties that they don't want to do. Yeah. The duties that kings do not want to do. Well, maybe
1: he didn't like going around to the borders because he thought if he was around more for Regal, Regal wouldn't turn out the way he did. (laughs) But here we are. So um, that obviously didn't work. (laughs) But um, I don't know. I don't know who did it. I think it's a mixture of both. I think desire definitely used it to her advantage so
0: i could also see uh i mean shrewd not liking going around and traveling for those border disputes because one he isn't a straightforward warlike kind of guy right um and two he would have been traveling while his younger sons were babies and maybe he felt like he missed out with (laughs) his first marriage and first sons and wanted to be there for regal
1: that's fair. I was also thinking maybe
0: instead of thinking it from the yeah. I need to counteract my new wife's <laughs> it's true. He probably designs.
1: doesn't yet understand how bad right. it gets. Um, but also he's kind of old. I think even now, uh, maybe not. Maybe he's in his like forties, which is not old. No, I think it's close.
0: It's closer to sixty.
1: Okay, because I'm gonna like. I think he's older, and so maybe he doesn't want to be the be one
0: early fifties. He doesn't
1: want to be the one going and uh clearing up border lines with all of the neighbors because they won't be the one he won't be the one dealing with them in the future and so maybe the idea is get a young 16 year old in there from the very beginning and then his whole king whenever he's officially king his whole kingship will be dealing with people he's already met and they won't there won't be any like arguments in the transition. Yeah, he'll already have an land. idea
0: of... Uh-huh. Yeah, it's great preparation.
1: Yeah.
0: But uh, chivalry started out by resolving these with the sword at first, and then yeah. got better and better at diplomacy as he went He's on. He's a
1: little hothead.
0: Well, <laughs> I think the situation was probably a little bit more <laughs> tense, and he wasn't as good.
1: Right, well, he was 16, and I don't know yeah. very many 16-year-old boys who are good at de-escalating situations. 16-year-olds in general are kind of, for the most part, in general, bad at conflicts, hormones, and all that. (laughs) Yeah. But I did want to point out, it does say that after Verity's 20th birthday, he and Chivalry went everywhere together. Um, Chivalry was in charge of the people, and Verity was in charge of the details. But I do want to point out that they were not together when Fitz... Came around, as far as we know. Because Chivalry never came to see Fitz at when Fitz was brought to Verity.
0: At Moon's eye
1: Yeah. So I thought that was like a weird detail of they're never separate, they're always together on missions, except for the one where Fitz shows up.
0: Well, Fitz, there's a line I'm trying to remember. Fitz is saying um something like he could have looked in on me while I was sleeping or something, but didn't stay around, basically. And we know that he talked to Rurisk um, when Fitz was brought around. So he was there because he was discussing the um, the treaty with the Mountain Kingdom. And he was there because Moonzai is like the keep or like right, the, yeah. the fort right before the Mountain Kingdom, basically. Mm-hmm. So they were there together, and Chivalry was there because he discussed Fitz with Rurisk. Mm-hmm. But he just didn't stick around.
1: I don't know, just weird. I just thought it, <laughs> it was weird that, like, there's so little mention of him. Yeah. And then it's like here, they're never separate. <laughs> so, but it is really sad that they had such a close bond, and then now he's dead.
0: Yeah. So uh, Fitz is coming back to Buckkeep from his trip to Bur- from Burns, excuse me. And um, he encounters, well, he-, he expresses some regret and says that he doesn't take pride in his work for the king um, right. because Virago could have helped.
1: Yeah, well, she was a very a war. strong warrior and beautiful. And so it's a waste yeah. that she was
0: disposed of. It's just another another um, sentiment and a retelling of Fitz's feelings that he doesn't like being an assassin, right? Or carrying out the king's justice. He just takes pride in being able to help the king, right, in the kingdom, and that's it. Not the actual work that's being done. Mm-hmm. But uh, he encounters Regal and Ketterken out on a horse ride mm-hmm. in the country. Round buck. Yeah. As he's coming back to the keep. And um, <laughs> he's describing their clothes here and he describes Regal as um, almost he looked a man, I thought, astride the tall black horse that carried itself so well. He could be this if he chose rather than the languid prince with always a glass of wine in hand and a lady besides him. Another waste. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it does describe him sounding pretty cute. He's well, got yeah. His hair's dark and curly, but a little disheveled from riding, and his cheeks are red from the cold air.
0: Mm-hmm. Riding cloak is billowing in the wind.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got scarlet and gold with glossy black boots and black gloves. He's got a nice princely outfit going on.
0: They looked like an illustration from one of Fedrin's best vellums.
1: But I just like the idea that, like, he color-coordinated his outfit with his horse.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> he knows That's his like... horse's color.
1: <laughs> so extra.
0: You just described Regal.
1: <laughs> True, but it's just, every time he does something super extra, it just I have to laugh because... I just why take the effort but also it is why not you're a
0: prince like
1: I guess you have endless means why not
0: also do you think he selects his colors or has the tailors do it
1: oh no 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 he is all in that business he can't let anybody do anything for him it's not perfect unless he does
0: it I think yeah but did Queen Desire pick all of his clothes growing up? And so Mm. he's, like, sticks to the same theme that she gave him? Or is he, like, does he have his own personality about this, you know? like Mm,
1: That's a good question. I feel like...
0: I feel like she picked everything.
1: Well, I'm sure she did, but I think she instilled in him, like, stay up with the trends. I don't think Mm, he's still wearing old-fashioned clothes from, like, two
0: seasons ago. No. (laughs) But you can still have the same, like, color scheme and theme as right, things. Right,
1: right. You know? I don't know. Do we... I guess I've never noticed if he's described as wearing red a lot. I don't know either. Mm. Should have been looking out for it. I don't know. I Maybe he does, like... I mean, you know what colors look good on you. He's in his late 20s, early 30s. He has to know. So I'm sure he sticks with a certain color scheme and that his mom probably picked for him. But... I don't know. I think it's kind of funny.
0: (laughs) I think he's in his mid to late 20s.
1: That's what I thought, too. But he's about like 10
0: years older than Fitz or something like that. I think he's like 26, maybe. Hmm. Something like that.
1: How old is how old do we think?
0: Verity is right now,
1: like 35.
0: I think younger than that, but he's older than 30. I think
1: I'll have to do math.
0: I know. didn't think about it well okay so verity was 24 when fitz was six
1: yeah so 10 10 years years. so he's 34 34. i was really close you were really close yeah that's really gross though that he's 34 and he's married to an 18 year old don't like that ew
0: he doesn't really like that either true
1: true (laughs) good point (laughs) you know what you're not wrong
0: (laughs) And we'll get there. (laughs) Um, So then he is describing uh,
1: Um, Excuse me, what is she wearing and who let her out like that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? She's
1: wearing loose crocus purple trousers. Yeah. That are the royal color adorned with intricate embroideries in rich colors secured into her boot tops that come up almost to her knee. So these are very billowy purple pants with lots of colors embroidered it doesn't say what kind of designs i'm assuming flowers but it could be anything and then she's wearing a white short jacket that is made out of probably white winter fox fur that has a large collar that pops up she pops her collar (laughs) To shield her neck from the wind. Then she's wearing black gloves and a multicolored colorful hat. Yeah. None of that matches. We don't know what color the boots are. Hat I match- assume brown by this description.
0: Hat matches the stitching, the embroidery on the pants. And I'm uh, sure purple's a color in the hat as well. Sure. White and black, you know, little contrast. (laughs) (laughs) No!
1: I just, like, I don't understand that is not fashionable to me. I cannot picture a way that's fashionable. I mean, maybe in, like, that, the, like, fashionable as in if you went to, like, a runway. Because you know how, like, at runway shows, people wear obnoxious clothing that nobody would really wear in real life? Except for Jared Leto, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. But, like... There's not, it just doesn't, I don't know, the description is so wild in my mind's eye that I cannot believe anyone let her out, but also who's going to tell her now she's the queen, so.
0: She also sat her horse high and forward in the mountain style, and it made soft step think she must prance instead of walk. Compared to the other women in their voluminous skirts and cloaks, she looked agile as a cat. She brought to mind an exotic warrior from a northern clime or an adventurer from some ancient tale. And this is where Fitz agrees with you, Emma. It set her apart from her ladies, not as a high-born and well-adorned woman shows her status among these less royal, but almost as a hawk would appear caged with the songbirds. (laughs) I was not sure she should show herself so to her subjects. So... Fitz doesn't remark that it's ugly, and he is right. very straightforward with his That's fashion opinions. True. true. Um, also, though, he's a little enamored of Ketchikan, Um The point here of, like, he, she should not be dressing in her Mountain Kingdom clothes. She should be in buck clothes mm-hmm. because that is his whole job right now, is to right. make her more comfortable and fit in with the royal court and make the court welcoming. And setting yourself aside and reminding your subjects at, that you're a foreign person here and you're yeah. wearing trousers and riding your horse differently and all of these different things just set you aside and make you so different from the ladies around you that it's just going to be harder to fit in later.
1: Yeah. Which I guess, I just want our clothes to match. I don't care if they're... <laughs> She can wear loose pants close, huh? tucked into her knee-high boots, all she wants. I just, I understand that his fear is like she's standing out too much. But my fear is that she just doesn't look good, you know.
0: Maybe her talking to Regal's a good thing then.
1: I mean, only in that way. But also, she could bring her weird pants trend to the other ladies i would love the ladies to wear pants while they ride horses i feel like that'd be way easier i've never tried sat aside saddle riding but like i assume it's not super comfortable <laughs> although horse riding can be pretty uncomfortable if you're not used to it so true i don't know i just ooh all those colors together
0: Fitz slows down, Prince Regal nods icily at him and rides past and Ketrakin's horse keeps up with Regal's horse, so they Mm -hmm. just kind of all pass. Um, Fitz isn't really given any other sort of greeting at that point, but he does note that Ketrakin's face was extremely animated and she looked very happy to be outside and to be with Regal and riding around. Mm Mm-hmm. Yet I could not believe she would be so gullible as to trust him.
1: Do you think he's mad she was smiling because he only smiles like that at... She only smiles like that at him, and now she's also smiling like that at Regal?
0: No, I think he's he's he upset because it's Regal, okay. and Regal killed her older brother. True, and, that's a good point. <laughs> and tried to kill him, and Verity. <laughs> right, right. I don't think that jealousy is is at the forefront. There might be a little bit in there, but it's definitely not his first thought, I would assume. Mm. Um, and then he is unsaddling Sooty in the stables and talks to Birk about this and asks when it started, and apparently Regal started quote unquote courting her a few days after Fitz left. Because Fitz has been gone for maybe a little over a week. Yeah. Um he was at Burns for a week. Ripple Bay, but travel to—I don't know how long that journey yes, maybe is. Maybe two weeks. I don't think it's as long as a week or a a week a half total. A week. Yeah, I don't know. It it could like be Like,
1: close to two weeks gone.
0: It could be. I don't know.
1: That's what I imagined, but I mean, obviously, I could be wrong. I don't. It is still in the Buck Duchy, right? Or no, it's in Burns, which is in the Burns. furthest north. Um, and they're more in the middle, so it could have been. Like a three-day.
0: Yeah, it could have been. I'm, I'm not really... I'm not really sure. I looked at
1: the map last time, and it's, like... It's just very north.
0: You gotta remember, they're listening.
1: And they can't Sorry. see you showing. Use your eyes, you guys. I don't know <laughs> why you don't understand where I'm pointing.
0: Anyway, a Beirik says that Regal, you know, started courting her a few days after Fitz left and that he had brought her down to the stables and said, you know, that Biric is so good at his job and he's great and everything Mm -hmm. and, you know, he should teach Ketrickin how to ride like the lowland people and buckkeep and all these sort of things. Um, It's a shame that the queen was spending all her days shut up in the keep and just really playing to her vulnerability. Yep. At this uh, at this time, um, and then when they actually started riding, he claimed he had allowed her to persuade him to teach her to ride. Uh, as we rode in in Buckkeep, mm-hmm. and Beric is trying to defend his actions. Like, what am I supposed to do? Of course, I like saddled their horses. Like, and Fitz right. is like, No, I'm not. I'm not blaming you. It's yeah. just well, it just he sucks. He
1: points out that like even if I weren't loyal to uh, weren't a loyal kingsman to Regal like send that to Regal the queen in waiting is here waiting for a horse exactly (laughs) but Fitz doesn't care about that he just wonders what the real intent is and why Ketrick suffers him
0: Right. what do you think it is do you think you, do you agree with Biric that it's uh just trying to wriggle his way back into favor with her?
1: So this could sound kind of mean, but Regal's pretty dumb, and I think Regal thinks I'll go back to the plan Galen set out for me to woo Kattrin, kill my brother, take his wife, and then I'll have all this power because he can't think of a better plan. So I feel like he's just kind of falling back on the plan he had before to gain power.
0: Is he dumb, though? Because it's working. I mean... A little bit.
1: I don't love that it's working, if I'm being completely honest. But, I mean, he's dumb in, like, a schemey way. He can be scummy. (laughs) He knows how to work people. He's good at people. He and chivalry share that trait. They're just the opposite end of the spectrum of how to use that trait. And so I don't i I don't think because he's dumb in some ways that he is talentless. I think he is cap- perfectly capable of doing whatever he sets his mind to. I just don't think he's capable of thinking up his own plans to overthrow the throne. And I don't think he has the white woman on his side, the white lady
0: pale woman, pale I think.
1: woman on his side. So he doesn't have anyone telling him what to do yet. So he's just going back to the old plan. But I don't know for sure. I mean, what do you think?
0: Um, I think he realized what Shade has realized. That having a queen-in-waiting on your side is very powerful. Um, being in their good graces can grant you a lot of things. And it opens up more opportunities for him. I agree okay. that he is kind of falling back on the previous plan. But also he's just kind of sowing mistrust and that making that rift wider between Ketrickin and Verity at this point. Because um, yeah. we'll go over it later, but we do learn that Ketrikin approaches Verity and asks like, Hey, I want to learn how, you know, buck keep people ride horses mm-hmm. and not the mountain way. Verity says, great, that's awesome, and even though he reads between the lines and knows she's asking him, he doesn't say that he's going to teach her. So Verity doesn't do anything, and Ketchikan goes to Regal, who has probably insinuated that, hey, you should learn how to do this, and has offered up his intentions already, like, I can do this, whatever. So she goes back to him it makes Verity seem more unwilling and Verity more willing to spend time. Regal and just, more willing. Or excuse me, yeah, sorry. It makes Verity seem more unwilling to spend time with Ketrikin and Regal more willing to be open and spending time with Ketchikan. So it just creates yeah. more of a rift.
1: That's a good point. I don't know. I don't like it, whatever the reason.
0: Um, But from last chapter, remember I pointed out that I... I think Rosemary is still spying. Yes. Uh or spying right away. Because Regal from Biric's Telling says that it was quite a shame that the Queen was spending all her days shut up in the keep. And that was one of the points of contention that Fitz and Ketchikan had in that conversation last chapter. Is that she was cooped up there and she kept saying, like, you know, I wanna be out there, I wanna be doing this. I want to be, you know, working on the ships and everything. Yeah. That was a very hot point in that conversation, and it got passed along, and Regal can then bring that inner knowledge of, like, wow, it's such a shame you're just all alone. I can keep you company. You should learn more about our culture and how to ride. And
1: That's fair. But I also wonder, though, I mean, seems like she's been telling this to all of her ladies every chance she gets, so...
0: It seemed, uh, from my impression, the, like, the embroidery things was, like, her being super quiet and, like, staring out the window and not touching it while the ladies, like, did theirs and made comments once in a while.
1: I guess. She just way too comfortably complained to Fitz, I guess. So, True. But I, also, she does know Fitz better, so maybe she just didn't feel comfortable complaining to a bunch of women she didn't know and then her friend comes over and she's like oh my gosh please
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean it is obviously an open secret that she doesn't like being inside and stuff because beric even says uh it is no secret that she pines in the castle oh she is fair spoken to all but there's too much honesty in her for her to make others believe she is happy when she is not i don't know yeah but I do think that Rosemary is repeating conversations Yeah, right you could away. be right. Um. So Fitz gets a skill summons from Verity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And immediately has to kind of, like, leave off from that conversation from Biric and walk up to the castle.
1: Like a dog does when his master whistles.
0: Mm-hmm. Another animal <laughs> <laughs> metaphor here. Or simile, excuse me. And... He goes straight to the map room because he knows where he's going there. He doesn't stop at the fires. He doesn't stop to change his clothes because he was skill summoned. He has to he has to go.
1: Feels a little bit like Ella Enchanted where (laughs) she has to follow every command. (laughs) She like does it to the T of what you're asking. That's what this feels like to me.
0: Uh, As a way of greeting, Verity says, You block too well. I have been trying to get you to hurry for the past three days, and when you do, you finally know... Excuse me. I have been trying to get you to hurry for the past three days, and when do you finally know you are skilled? When you are standing in my own stables. I tell you, Fitz, we must find time to teach you some sort of control over your skill. But I knew, even as he spoke, that there would never be that time too many other things demanded his attention as always he immediately plunged into his concern forged ones he said mhm fits immediately is uh struck by like oh are they raiding like even in the dead of winter
1: yeah well that would be the concern right because you know they were raiding earlier in the season even when it was still cold and they thought they won it so
0: and Verity is um, quick to disabuse him of that notion that, no, it's we're safe for now from the raids, but the Forged Ones are still an issue, and we're getting reports of Forged Ones attacking people in, in groups. groups, not just one or two, but in groups. And Fitz very quickly thinks that's not possible. Right. Which, with his experience, it is not
1: Right. Well, he's literally fought groups of them.
0: Right. And they fight each other. There's no community. There's no sense of oneness or even coordination.
1: They're too self-centered and they see everyone else as an enemy.
0: Right. So Fitz is very quick to say, like, no, that's, that's not possible. And even in his mind, he's like, with the wit, like, I can't sense them. Their sense of all of their humanity is taken away. They can't connect with one another, basically. So, uh... Verity takes his response and, like, okay, sure. But even, like, wolves or, you know, uh, whatever animals that they are, they attack as a pack, right? Like, couldn't this work?
1: Right. And Fitz is, like, no, they still feed their young or work together as a group and feed each other. Mm -hmm. It's not even, like, the fish that attack whales are have some sort of humanity like quality to them that they can form a group
0: they that cares share about that. others needs yeah
1: um and i think verity is getting frustrated with him in this and you do? he's well not like mad just a little like irked because it's like okay kids stop arguing with me i'm right and then When Fitz finally says, well, when I fought them, the only way I got out was dropping a cloak and then they all fought each other for the cloak because that's what they wanted. And I think then Verity's like, oh, like, that's right. You killed forged ones. I forgot. Thank you for your service, (laughs) but I think you're wrong still (laughs) because I think I mean, he's being respectful, but I think this is like. Him being like, okay, Ke- Fitz, catch up. It is real, and Fitz is like, no, I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I didn't get that impression at all from this actually, because I mean, the way he's described it's a short line here. Verity only nodded thoughtfully. I think you're right in that Verity thinks he has like this could be a reason why they're doing this because he wants to put some, you know, some driving force behind their actions that yeah. he knows of. But honestly, he did forget about Fitz, but it's not like, hey, quit arguing. It's like, we're having a conversation about this and how this could be brought about and if it's actually true or not. Right. I don't think he's annoyed with Fitz at all in this, though.
1: Weird. I don't know. I mean, there's nothing to back up in the text why I feel the way that I do. Um, I just have always read it as Verity's like, okay, kid, like... You're wrong, but sure, I'll let you go on your tangent., um, maybe because I know Fitz is wrong and I'm impatient with him. <laughs> so I just assume that Verity is too. I don't know. because Fitz gets so stuck in things sometimes or he doesn't it can't be different than the thing that he thinks because that's what he knows for a fact. He can't like conceptualize ideas that are different from the fact that he specifically knows.
0: hmm
1: It's very odd. So I don't know why I read it that way, but <laughs> apparently he is not upset with Fitz at all. He's just having a casual conversation.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't think so. I think thought they were just having a discussion about the possibilities of them being grouped together or right. why they would do that or anything. And since Verity had forgotten that he had fought him, he, he was just going off like conceptual knowledge to conceptual knowledge, not right. experience versus conceptual knowledge.
1: Right. That's fair. I guess when I saw, like, the Verity had sympathy in his eyes, I was like, oh, so he was, like, being harsh before, and now he's like, oh, that's right. So...
0: No, I think the sympathy is from uh, the depth of feeling that he is feeling, uh, that Fitz is feeling in the previous paragraph, because he's remembering the first time he had killed Mm -hmm. and the night that Smithy died. So he's, like, trying to keep his voice secure. And we know that Verity is always in the skill. He's always, like... Connected to the people around him and can kind of read Fitz's mind. That's fair. So when it says, I fought to keep my voice steady as the memory of that night rose rose up in me. Smithy had died that night and I had first killed. I feel like when Fitz masters himself and looks up, Verity can tell he's going through some stuff. Or remembering something. Yeah. Even if it's just like, oh, he has bad memories associated with you know him fighting personally forged ones like right
1: that's fair i guess that makes that makes more sense <laughs> and it's back well it could
0: verity could be super annoyed with him who knows
1: <laughs> i just see verity as very flippant with fits 90 percent of the time
0: so <laughs> <laughs> that's a really weird interpretation i i i don't, I don't know. know
1: that's just how i picture their relationship i don't know <laughs>
0: That's really different for me. That's
1: yeah. That's interesting. Well, we're all different people, you know. I guess. <laughs>
0: um, but he does say, uh, I had forgotten that you had some experience fighting them. Forgive me. I don't dismiss it. There's just so much besieging me lately. His voice dwindled away, and he seemed to be listening to something far away.
1: Do you think he's still peeking into Ketrakin's date with
0: Regal? Maybe. He could be. I think it's I think it's skill for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think it might be pulling him in a lot of different directions, but that could definitely be one of the things drawing him.
1: I mean, I don't know.
0: Good headcanon. <laughs> uh, but he he points to a map and and tries to get Fitz's opinion on on the locations of these raids and what's happening and draw him to the same conclusions that Verity came to. Right. And Fitz moves next to him, and this is where I'm reminded, like, yeah, that sympathy line is probably Verity being much more aware of Fitz's emotions, mm-hmm. because he's already skilled to him and directed them there, because it says, The strength of the skill radiated from him. I wondered if he strove to hold it in check if it always threatened to spill out of him and spread his consciousness over the whole kingdom. The map fits. He recalled me and I wondered how much he knew of my thoughts.
1: That's fair. I don't I feel like maybe I just am not interpreting it that way because I don't see the skill of sharing feelings. That's more wit in my mind. And so I forget that you can tell what someone you don't feel it the same way a wit person right. would it's feel it, but you can what
0: they're thinking, kind of.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure you can know what they're feeling too. Mm-hmm. You just don't also feel it at the same time. It seems from my interpretation, um, and so I didn't think about the skill in any way affecting his sympathy. That for that reason, I think.
0: Well, if he was if he was connected with a skill that closely to Fitz, he's not necessarily going through every single memory that's brought up that Fitz knows. But right. you could get the general probably feel of those memories, and in conjunction with Fitz's actual physical reaction of trying to keep your voice steady right and like knowing that's what Fitz is trying to do because you can you're in his head like you can kind of insinuate that oh yeah yeah that's some things are bad here Uh, but verity is very overworked in the skill sense yes um he's still skilling out constantly even in the winter Mm -hmm. because skill is still radiating out of him yeah at this point
1: like well he's probably pretty addicted
0: (laughs) oh yeah yeah it
1: feels good or whatever so i'm sure it's just a horrible habit now Mm -hmm. and if he were to have lived i think he would have struggled with that the rest of his life oh i don't think he would have been fully
0: no he'd probably be taking elf bark tea oh yeah i I
1: don't
0: don't know. know yeah it's not good no but he points out the bits of red wax along this map of the six duchies that Verity himself has drawn out.
1: Mm-hmm. Which Fitz does mention that this map is beautifully intricate. Um, there are lesser known roads written on this map, and it's mm-hmm. by someone who has sailed and ridden on these paths themselves. Mm-hmm. And it just shows the love and care that verity has towards the kingdom
0: yeah shallows and tide flats Mm -hmm. as well as inland landmarks and lesser roads like so very detailed yes a lot of knowledge went into this and you can tell that verity spent four years yeah traveling around the country
1: and like actually doing something yeah
0: that was his job uh,
1: yeah (laughs) no but it seems like something that he enjoys doing Yeah. yeah he's a little detail person
0: Mm -hmm. that's in the intro blurb that was mentioned as well that that's what Verity did he drew the maps that delineated the borders that Mm -hmm. Chivalry helped create and solidify and he was the map boy (laughs) (laughs) so he enjoys doing it that's his escape and Verity kind of points out at these little red wax blobs on this map and says you know there is seven different incidents, and some are as close as within a day's ride of Buckkeep. Mm-hmm. Um, where would the forged ones be coming from? Because there's no raids near. No. These these incidents, they could they could have been driven away from their homes initially, but why would they come to Buckkeep? Right. And Fitz proposes that maybe they could be desperate people posing as forged ones, mm-hmm. um, and taking advantage of the situation. But also, uh, Verity says, like, the descriptions match of these different Forged Ones, so it's like three groups.
1: So it could, it still could be desperate people, but it's the same desperate people, and that makes it a little bit more suspicious.
0: And why would they come to Buckkeep if they were actual bandits?
1: Right, because then they're way more likely to get caught.
0: And why would Forged Ones come to Buckkeep? Like, also a good question. That's, that's the huge question that Verity does not know. And Fitz asks, It does not seem like forged ones. Do you suspect a conspiracy of some kind? Verity snorted bitterly. Of course. When do I not suspect conspiracies anymore? But for this, at least, I think I can look further afield than Buckkeep to find the source. He halted abruptly, as if hearing how bluntly he had spoken. Yeah, I don't think this one's Regal, but, uh, oh, wait, I shouldn't say that out loud.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he has his little tinfoil hat on.
0: <laughs> but it, it does go to show that he is looking into things that right. could be going wrong at Buckkeep still. Like right,
1: And that could be a hint that although he gave all that power to Regal a few chapters ago, he doesn't trust Regal to do it. And yeah. so he's following the threads. He's, he's still making keeping sure. tabs. Yeah. Yeah seeing what he's saying to the nobles and that's a lot Yeah, it would be well to be fair he did almost die so (laughs) he was like literally almost murdered by his brother who i'm sure he has never particularly liked but i don't think he probably hated him up until this point it's still a family member like He probably didn't realize Regal was that serious and would go to those lengths to get to the throne. Yeah. And so now he probably is questioning every little thing that happens because if he could have overlooked that much. Because Galen was really close to killing him and he didn't even know that was going to happen. If Fitz wouldn't have pushed through, he would have died. Yep. And I'm sure that does something to your brain when you realize, hey, I was trusting all these people and they almost killed me. Mm hmm. I'm sure that does not help.
0: he's under a ton of stress. Yeah. Right now.
1: Also your kingdom's under attack and you have a new bride.
0: Yep. <laughs> and your father prefers your younger brother who almost killed you.
1: Yep. Knowing <sighs> most likely that he tried to kill you.
0: Yeah. Um
1: and just accepted an apology for it. Oh, Shrewd, I hate you so much right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh but we do know the reason that the Forge ones are converging on Buckkeep. Uh, later, it's insinuated that the skill draws them. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think in Tawny Man, the Pale Woman admits to like giving the Forged Ones that directive to seek out the fool and Fitz to kill them. Or Verity. Yeah. I can't remember who Which of them.
1: It's weird that she has the ability to make them do that. Because they don't seem to care about anything.
0: Kebble Rawbread has the skill. That's so. fair.
1: But you can't skill people that are um forged
0: don't they uh man, I was gonna say don't they remember like very shortly before they were forged, but I think they just have like short term memory of after they were forged. I don't know, I don't know if you can get through to them somehow, but I know I'm
1: just curious how it would work with the parameters that we know to be true. Who knows?
0: I mean, Fitz is so fleeting in how he can use his abilities that right, we don't know. And I don't know if Verity has tried or that's fair. Said that it can't work it's or Not whatever. like
1: the most pressing issue. Right. I right. mean, it's pretty pressing, but not like I'm going to waste skill power on it. Pressing. So. Right.
0: I it guess. would probably make them pretty impossible to find in the skill. That's fair. But if they were in front of you, I have no idea. Mm. Maybe maybe he could i don't know or maybe they partially did it made them had that skill command in them and then Uh, finished or something
1: that could be part of it i don't know yeah interesting
0: but we do know that uh the skill does draw them in so verity's consistent use as well is bringing them closer to buckkeep uh, as well as the coterie even though verity probably makes up for as much strength as they have combined (laughs) yeah because he's the strongest farcier that they've have. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Verity asks Fitz to look into it and find out why quietly. And then take care of it quietly.
1: Which Fitz doesn't understand. He does. Well, he, he doesn't... He thinks... That it would be better to tell the people so that they oh, can get more the, information.
0: The yeah, the quiet part. I thought you yeah. meant like the he doesn't understand the take care of part.
1: No, way. no, no. He gets it. Yeah. he's been an assassin for like what five years now, eight, ten. I don't know.
0: Almost ten. Well, eight, eight, eight years, about. <laughs> yeah he he's he's asking like why can't we just like talk to the townsfolk like they will know more people yeah will talk to me if I'm asking about these bandits because they'll want to know mm-hmm. or want to know something's being done, basically. Oof. Verity doesn't want those rumors to be spread about. Right. Um,
1: Which is really, the reasoning is so sad to me.
0: He says, well, yeah, he says, I'm the only one who's put together a pattern of this. I don't want people finding out that they are raiding and they are coming closer to Buckkeep. Mm-hmm. I do not want Buckheap itself up in arms complaining that the king cannot even protect his capital city. No, quietly, Fitz. Quietly. Which is, it's good reasoning, honestly.
1: But it's sad to me because that means he's aware of all of the horrible rumors people are already talking about. Oh, yeah.
0: He's connected with all of his people. Yeah,
1: he's skills hearing straight from the lips of his people who he is protecting, even though they don't understand. These people are awful. Like, the king is the worst and he's bad at his job and Verity's awful and doesn't do anything. And he's lazy. And that has to not feel good.
0: You think comments on social media are bad if right. somebody doesn't like that person? Imagine going into that person's home and hearing them talk about you yeah. <laughs> directly like, without the filter of posting it.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> at least if somebody posts it, you can be like, oh, maybe they're just being extra mean or whatever. Yeah. But when it's straight from their own mouth, when they don't know that you're around, oof. Mm-hmm. Way worse.
0: Fitz Thanks. does understand what taking care of it and looking into it quietly means... Um, He's killed Forged Ones in the past, and he is going to uh, spend a few days now Mm -hmm. and ride around and take care of that for Verity as well.
1: He talks a little bit about how killing Forged Ones is easier for him
0: because
1: it feels like he is putting a lost soul to rest or helping a a family...
0: Lay down their anguish, basically. Yes.
1: And then he says... I hoped I would not become too adept at lying to myself. It was a luxury an assassin could not afford. Which is so sad that he's, he always has to justify his kills, but also we know that he does become adept at lying to himself. Mm -hmm. And that that is basically how he lives his whole life is just justifying every kill with, well, it has to be done for X, Y, Z reason. And it's like, Sad, funny, but his younger self is like, boy, better not get into a habit of doing this. <laughs> and then he does.
0: Um, I also want to point out the last couple sentences of what you were reading. Jade mm-hmm. had warned me that I must always remember what I truly was. Not an angel of mercy, but a killer who worked for the good of the king or the king in waiting. It was my duty to keep the th- the throne secure. Um, which yes, he lies to himself about those to make him feel better about killing the Forged ones, but he knows he should not. And he Mm -hmm. tries to keep it straight in his mind. Like temporarily I can say like, yeah, I'm fine in the act, but he has to understand. At least he's telling himself. He has to know that I am straight up killing people for the good of the kingdom because I am told to, I can't delude myself into thinking that what I'm doing is a mercy. And I'm sure shade has gone through this whole situation in his mind where he might have gone through a phase where he did delude himself into thinking that maybe it was before his accident or something Yeah. where he's like, Oh, this is, you know, I'm putting down something that's really bad and it's, you know, I'm fine. Maybe he took too much relish in starting those things. And Jay's just trying to pass along the, the warning. Right.
1: Well, I'm sure at some point you realize that the person you murdered probably wasn't that bad of a person they just right. disagreed politically yeah and it would be politically advantageous
0: for this <laughs> person to die pretty sure chade told eight-year-old Fitz that <laughs> yeah
1: exactly but i'm just saying that like it's pretty hard to keep telling yourself what i'm doing is good these people are all bad mm-hmm. when you like know as much as chade does <laughs> yeah so and he assumes Fitz will someday learn as much about the inner workings of people in the palace so
0: and he repeats that, uh, my duty line and, um, in line with keeping the throne secure, he brings up Ketrickin and Regal mm. and, uh, mentions that he saw them out riding and Verity bitterly responds, they make a handsome pair, do they not? And does she, and does she sit her horse well? Aye, but in the mountain style still. She came to me saying she wished to learn the, to ride our tall lowland horses better, I commended the idea I did not know she would choose Regal as a riding master Verity leaned over his map studying detail that was not there (laughs) this
1: feels like she was like hey I think it'd be cool if I could learn how to ride the way you do when you're on missions and he's like oh that sounds great I'll have a saddle made for you and she goes "I I sure would love somebody to teach me
0: that's a great idea
1: yeah sounds great and then she's like okay <laughs> and then then she went with regal because regal offered her something and he's like how dare she go to regal instead of me and it's like well he she kno- basically asked he, i
0: don't know he also in his mind knows that's what he did right he's studying the map for detail that's not there it's obvious an uncomfortable right. conversation for him and Fitz speaks, thoughtlessly, to the man, not the prince. Perhaps she hoped you would teach her. Perhaps, he sighed suddenly. Oh, I know she did. Ketchikan is lonely sometimes. Often. She should have been married to a younger son, to a man with time on his hands, or to a king whose kingdom was not on the verge of war and disaster. I do not do her justice, Fitz. I know this. But she is so... young. Sometimes. And when she is not being so young, she is being so fanatically patriotic. She burns to sacrifice herself for the six duchies. Always I have to hold her back and to tell her that is not what the six duchies need. She's like a gadfly. There is no place in her for me, Fitz. Either she wants to be romped like a child, or she is quizzing me on the very details of some crisis I am trying to set aside for a few moments. So, Verity knows that she was asking to be taught. Yeah. But at the same time, like he's trying to take a break from his other like thousands of duties. Right. And and this feels like
1: babysitting.
0: Yeah. And he doesn't appreciate that but knows that it's not fair to her either. Right. So it's like literally a rock in a hard place.
1: Well, I'm sure he thought if he didn't offer, she would just get help from, like, Fitz or from some other person. Biric, and, then, like, yeah. so anyway. and then Regal is the one helping her. And he's like, come on. Look. Right. <laughs> I turn around for one second. Regal's already up to something else. <laughs> so I'm sure he didn't expect the Regal jab.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And maybe she did choose Regal to kind of... Like, make him jealous in some way. Maybe that's what it started that would be out really as. a
0: really terrible thing to do, but it could She's 18. She's 18, yeah.
1: <laughs> She's 18 and her which, husband is ignoring her, so.
0: Which is very true um, that she is so young and she is not fully innocent in this situation either. Right. She came to the kingdom knowing that there would be cultural differences, but also knowing that the kingdom was at war. Mm-hmm. And um while she is so like eager to do things and I commend her for that eagerness, yeah. she does not have the restraint needed in a leader yet. Right. She like Verity mentions she's so fanatically patriotic that it's like ridiculous that she wants to sacrifice herself for the kingdom for something. Yeah. Which she was taught to do and right. like learned yeah. how to do early. But that's so ridiculous in this culture, in this situation right now. That like, right? She just needs to learn that restraint of when to lead and when to sacrifice in yeah. the six duchies. Yeah, I and feel it's just like, like clashing.
1: <laughs> yeah, they just have very different personalities, and not in the good kind of way.
0: They would definitely be good together, like Jade says, if they were if given it was time. A war. Yeah, right, and. they'd be really well together.
1: I feel bad. It feels like he could be putting more effort into placating her, even if it was to give her some dumb duty that, like, isn't that important. But, like, here, this would help and this can be your sacrifice. But he isn't giving her any duties. Instead, he's just getting mad because she's bringing up stuff he doesn't want to talk about. He could also ask her advice on something that isn't as important if he's worried about her immaturity make her feel involved but instead he like ignores her and it just is not good it's not healthy they should go to couples counseling
0: (laughs) (laughs) i thought suddenly of chivalry's single-minded pursuit of the frivolous patience and caught a glimpse of his motives a woman who is an escape for him who would verity have chosen had he been allowed to choose for himself probably someone older A placid woman possessed of inner self-worth and peace. I grow so tired, Verity said softly. He poured himself some more mulled wine and stepped to the hearth to sip at it. Do you know what I wish? It wasn't really a question. I didn't even bother to reply. I wish your father were alive and king in waiting. And I his right-hand man still. He would be telling me what tasks i must tackle and i would be doing as he asked i would be at peace with myself no matter how hard my work i would be sure he knew best do you know how easy it is Fitz, to follow a man you believe in he looked up at last to meet my eyes my prince i said quietly i believe i do for a moment Ferdy was very still Then, ah, he said, he held my eyes with his, and I did not need the warmth of his skilling to feel the gratitude he sent me. He stepped away from the hearth, drew himself up straighter. My king-in-waiting stood before me once more. He dismissed me with a tiny motion, and I went. As I climbed the stairs to my room, for the first time in my life, I wondered if I should not be grateful to have been born a bastard. This ending part, the last couple pages honestly make me really feel for Verity's situation yeah. in life. Um and while I love Ketrikin, mm-hmm. it's at the same time like it's not fair to Verity to put it all on him to say here, welcome to the life, I'll accept you with open arms and stuff, because Verity didn't choose any of what he was given, mm-hmm. and he wants an escape from that life, and Ketrakin is just bringing him back into that life when he can get away, so I I understand his side of it, of like, right. I can't spend much time with her, because she's just gonna quiz me on the things that I just wanted to leave from, Yeah. but also, like, Ketrakin is alone, and Needs that somebody there yeah it's just not fair to both of them and right i understand the feeling of just wanting to follow orders as well right like i've been there in my life where i'm just like someone else tell me what to do and i will do it to the best of my ability even if it's the most difficult task you can give me just make me believe that this is the right thing for me to be doing right now and i will do it that's fair. Taking the lead on something and making those decisions is hard.
1: It is. Yeah. I think. I wonder if there's a little bit of. I don't know that jealousy is quite the right word I'm looking for, but. A type of jealousy. That. Verity has when he looks at how. Ready to do something. Ketrickin is. Because. All she has to do is follow an order like he could give her something to do. Yeah. And he has to be the one that tells her what to do and that tells everybody else what to do, but nobody gets to tell him what to do. Mm -hmm. So maybe he's a little envious of that in her that she could do something and she would be really good, but she doesn't have the like sense of self yet to know what that is without asking right and i don't think that he's the kind of person who does either really
0: (laughs) no yeah he's not he was groomed to be the second the right hand man basically
1: and he probably is having a really hard time considering his dad openly thinks that his other son would be a better king (laughs) yeah and has all of these people that he can skill here talking about how horrible of a king he is and comparing him to both of his brothers And he's been compared to his brothers his whole life. Mm -hmm. It would be really hard. It would be really hard to be a leader. And I think that's what's so touching about this scene and about Fitz's answer. Because it's so sincere. Fitz isn't doing this to get on Verity's good side. No,
0: it's literally what he believes.
1: Yeah, he's like, yeah, I know exactly how you feel because that's how I feel about you. And I think that's probably one of the few times in Verity's kingship that someone full-heartedly believes in him mm-hmm. and would lose their life for him so openly.
0: Every single time we see it, it's like a revelation to Verity and it happens two or three times with fits And mm-hmm. that's, that's it. That's all we see. Yeah. I completely agree with you. It, it's so rare yeah. for Verity to get that.
1: Yeah. Well, there's gotta be a lot of self-doubt. I think I think some people are more adept at being leaders than others. I think Mm -hmm. they're just traits that people innately have. Yeah. That's not saying that, you know, people who don't have those traits can't be good leaders, but I think it's just harder for them. And it would probably be really hard if you're not really a people person, which Verity doesn't seem to be. He's friendly enough and he gets along with soldiers when there's not decorum that he has to know. But
0: he's definitely an introvert though.
1: Yeah, he he doesn't He needs
0: that time alone yeah, to draw his maps.
1: Yeah. And he needs time to not think about work. And right now his wife is just work.
0: <laughs> right. Right.
1: And that would that would be really hard.
0: That would be really hard.
1: For both of them. I I feel sorry for both of them. I think both of oh, them yeah. are not innocent, but they both have. I mean, a short end of the stick.
0: Yeah, me using the word innocent, I guess, isn't right. great because there's not like an actual crime going on. It's just like where there are, where they are at, in their lives, mm-hmm. and it's it could be a good matching, but like the whole circumstances are just right. messed up to the point where they can't they can't grow closer together right. without a stopping to the war <laughs> <laughs> right. and giving Verity like a month off. Right. I'm well, doing
1: <laughs> well, if there wasn't a war going on, Ketrickin wouldn't pro- probably wouldn't feel as strongly that she needed to sacrifice herself.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And so she probably would cool it a little bit on the whole idea <laughs> of sacrifice and I need to die for this country sort of talk, which is nice and it's good to be patriotic, but there's a point at which it becomes unhelpful, and yeah. she doesn't have the time to learn what that line
0: is. Yeah. It's a it's an extremely touching last scene. Mm-hmm. Um I absolutely love how Robin Hobbs separates Verity into two characters. Yeah. King and waiting Verity and and Human. eventually King Verity and Verity the man and how Fitz distinguishes those two in his head as well. Mhm. Um because I'm sure there is a breaking down of barriers eventually, like what you're talking about. And then you can just see that passiveness, like reassert over your face or whatever and just say, OK, you have your duties, you're dismissed. And like you can see that self-confidence or at least the facade of it return to the right. the man that you just dedicated your life to. I don't know. Right.
1: Well, I do wonder how much of it is a facade of oh crap, this kid really looks up to me and I have to stop moping so I'm not a bad influence on him. Probably um, half
0: that, but also, like, that would be a huge boost. Right. In self-confidence. <gasps> your
1: Little you're, 14-year-old <laughs> nephew just like, you're so cool. I guess he's 16, right? Yeah.
0: Ish. 15, 16, yeah. But like,
1: that. you're so cool. I love you so much. And he's like, oh,
0: thanks. Well, you you just got done talking about your older brother who you wish with all of your heart would be alive so you could follow and believe in him uh-huh. because you know, your older brother would do the best thing possible. Right. And you would just got done saying like, if only I could follow him, I would know that my life and my work was worth it because mm-hmm. he was telling me what to do. Do you know what that feels like? And Fitz says the same thing to Verity with the same depth of feeling and Verity's still connected to him. Right. So he knows it's that same depth and he can just take that emotion that he feels towards sort of chivalry and be like, wow.
1: Yeah.
0: Someone thinks that about me. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, but also, I'm about to cry thinking about this, but like, chivalry's face just told him yeah. that he believes in him and that he can rule and that like, he believes in his ability, like, let gonna make me cry.
0: <laughs> it's a really touching chapter. And one of our shortest in forever maybe the shortest we've done
1: yeah although i don't know how short it's gonna be after all the extra talking we did
0: yeah well that's fine that's part of it yeah um fitz is kind of happy at least more grateful yeah reflecting on himself of like maybe i should be more grateful that i'm just a bastard Mm -hmm. i don't have to shoulder all of this weight all of these these decisions yeah i mean obviously he's still not content right with what he is which and... is very fair yeah i
1: mean being royal sounds like a royal pain <laughs>
0: <laughs> once yeah. an episode we give you one
1: <laughs> Just, you gotta get one in you know give all the dads out there a good chuckle
0: <laughs> come on emma it's 2020 women can evo- can enjoy puns too <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're right. How could I forget? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, well. uh, yeah, so I don't know. I really like this chapter just because of the, the little glimpse we get into Verity. I love Verity. Like, Verity's one of my favorite characters, as I've mentioned before. Um, and seeing the humanity and how deep his character actually is mm-hmm. with the relatively few glimpses we have at him um, is really nice. And I I love chapters that feature him and Fitz talking.
1: Yeah. I think he's just a really good guy. It makes me sad that he's so passive and that he isn't more of a leader. Because I think that more so stems partially from his personality, but partially because he's basically been looked down on his whole life. He hasn't been given the opportunity to grow those talents. Um,
0: And when he is given the opportunity, he has to skill- Like, 20 hours a day?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I feel bad for him. I like Verity a lot, too. I think I do compare him a lot to what I know of chivalry, and that's probably not great. He would not appreciate that, but...
0: He would understand it.
1: Yeah, he'd be like, me too! (laughs) So, but yeah, I think I agree that Fitz is probably content this chapter. Although a little salty about um, Regal and Ketrican we'll have to see how that resolves (laughs) who knows
0: wait and find out (laughs) thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode if you have anything to say about Verdi's character or what Regal is up to please let us know by emailing us at isfitshappy at gmail.com or comment on any of our social media posts at isfitshappy.
1: Okay, so now we're going to talk about what you guys have been talking to us about. So we'll start off with Facebook. Irene left us a comment on part two of chapter five, or chapter four, sorry.
0: Yep, the second part of our two-parters. <laughs> yes. Felt right like enough. chapter five, because it was after the first chapter four, but
1: yeah. Um. And she let us know that she is slowly becoming a Molly fan.
0: Well, I wouldn't say fan, but...
1: <laughs> She's understanding the yeah. Molly, relationship, Molly Fitz relationship more.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, Irene says it seems that Fitz likes Molly because she represents the only semblance of normal life he has ever known, which I do agree with not necessarily positive about their relationship yeah
0: irene says because of that uh they don't think that the Fitz and molly relationship is a good match at all so um yeah. they're really not a fan of that No. <laughs> mm-hmm. just starting to understand her a little bit more mm-hmm. from a different perspective of getting older and rereading mm-hmm. and listening to you being a proponent for that right. relationship and everything
1: i just think molly gets too bad of a rap. I think that people are too hard on her because we're in Fitz's head and Fitz is a young man who can't understand what he's doing wrong and isn't very good at putting himself in other people's shoes if it's not the way he thinks of things and so I just like to bring it back around to how the other people might be actually feeling and not how Fitz thinks they're feeling which is normally wrong (laughs) So, um, I'm glad I can get a partial Molly fan,
0: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, they, I mean, Fitz definitely latches on to the only semblance of quote, normal life he has ever known because of like, I was just new boy with you in that whole conversation. Um, but I think that's only fair to attribute for these, for this book, like the remainder of this book and Mm -hmm. the next book, because, When he gets partially forged, when he puts his bad memories of Molly and his mom and everything into Mm -hmm. Girl on a Dragon, he kind of suspends his emotional maturity about this. Right. So I feel like for this trilogy, yes, that that is definitely true. He isn't allowed to grow past that because he is young. But once he does that for the next, you know, 10 years or whatever, he is never able to mature past that because his mindset is still stuck where he was there. He doesn't have the bad parts of that relationship to be able to learn from, to move on, to grow as a person. Yeah. So when it all comes back around and he gets those memories back, he instantly, like a young boy, thinks that he could go back to Molly and be like, Hey, it's just you and me, right? And not realize that, yeah, she has a family. She is rooted down here and
1: where she was. It's been a decade or two Fitz. Right.
0: So um it's always been a weird relationship. But once I understood that, like I understood where his mindset was coming from right. in the relationship, which isn't fair to her fully. And she will no. never understand that. No part. But, um, I, I mean, I do think that they are a good match for the time, but not a good match overall just because
1: that's a fair take.
0: Cause just, just, not as compatible as they could be because fitz wants other people in his life like a wit companion and molly is like you have to dedicate yourself to making our family work
1: yeah yeah i definitely think molly in some ways holds him back especially in their later relationship i think that It's not necessarily all of her fault because Fitz never fully comes clean about his whole life to her. I think Fitz does seek out that comfort of normal life because she's the one person who he's not a killer to in Mm -hmm. his life. And he gets to just be some version of new boy, even if that new boy is a little bit of a liar. And she accepts him, but she's not accepting all of him, which I've never truly loved about their relationship, is that she doesn't get the opportunity. Because I truly believe that if Molly were given the opportunity, she would accept all of him. I think Fitz has too many biases into how he thinks she would react, that he doesn't give her the chance to be a better match to him. And I think that's a shortcoming on his side Mm -hmm. i don't blame molly for not knowing everything about oh yeah
0: no he he puts too much into the idea of her yes and that separate life
1: and he is too into making that facade more real in a later series he is fine being tom badgerlock and playing that part and really just ignoring other duties because that the other duties make him realize that he's not really Tom Badgerlock. And I think that that's a negative of their relationship. (laughs) Yeah. I can admit that they're not perfect and that there are downsides, but I still think that it's good that Fitz has someone in his life who accepts him. Even if it's just a partial acceptance.
0: Yeah, I do too. I mean, that's what Fitz always yearned for. Right. He he wants to ignore and forget the other side of his life that he doesn't tell Molly. He wants to just be new boy or Tom Badgerlock.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. He just erases the bad parts, and yeah. you can't do that with people that you love, because mm-hmm. then it won't be a full love.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Irene, yes. for commenting about that. Um, hopefully, I'll get more... you to my side yeah. soon. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, more conversations will you know with with a lot of her parts coming up with Molly's parts coming up yeah. we'll be able to uh talk about that more <laughs> um episode 32 had a comment from Laura talking about how how fits and how his need we were talking about bonding um bonding with night eyes and how he would not bond ever or whatever mm-hmm. this was from last last episode last chapter chapter five
1: and i had asked the question on social media Mm -hmm. why do you think fitz continuously chooses to find wit partners even though it puts in jeopardy his friendship and relationship in general with burek
0: and laura is uh talking here about how it's completely natural to him to bond to someone so not binding not bonding with a, a, a partner is like trying to stop yourself from breathing. Um and to Laura the parts where Birrick was shunning Fitz were some of the worst parts of the book for um for them. Yeah, so I I agree those are some of the hardest conversations in there because yeah. Birrick and Fitz's relationship is so tumultuous and Fitz just wants to be friends with Birrick. Yeah. And Birrick just wants to be friends with Fitz, but like that one topic gets in the way sometimes. <laughs> a but I, fundamental difference. <laughs> I kind of agree, but I, I don't think it's as natural as breathing for him. I think it's just his intense loneliness trying to mm. find a connection in anyone around him. And when he finds a willing connection, it's usually a younger animal who isn't fully capable of saying, like, no, nah, I don't want a human a part of my life forever. Right. I mean, they need each other eventually, like Night Eyes and Fitz are perfect for one another. And Fitz
1: never takes another wit partner, so...
0: True, true. It's not a knowledgeable manipulation of relationships or anything like that. It's just so lonely that he reaches out and has to bond to anything that will latch back. Um, Yeah.
1: He needs full acceptance, like the Molly conversation. He needs full acceptance and the only things willing to give him full acceptance are animals that he bonds with and I think that's worth
0: everyone just needs a good dose of therapy for real
1: I think everybody would do well with a few sessions at least
0: maybe forever (laughs) (laughs) Beirik fits Verity Ketchkin you know get shade in there for a while he's been cooped up for a while so he
1: really needs help he
0: (laughs) has been alone for too long
1: and that is not good for you.
0: I think Bear needs a lot of help too. He drinks through a lot of his problems. And... Yeah, also not healthy
1: coping me- mechanisms. I think Molly is the most put together for as much as she's endured, but I am sure
0: she, she probably needs... has some severe PTSD as well.
1: Oh yeah, so. for sure almost dying in a raid. Mhm. Not great. Not great.
0: Also from her childhood, so. Also yes. Anyways, there's this the these series are uh man they uh they are very miserable to read if you just like categorize them by what did this character go through what yeah. did this character go through um if you're thinking overall plot and like the whole story woven together awesome amazing great <laughs> don't think of the individual characters cuz that will put you in a depressing mood so <laughs> oh, thank you Laura um and we're going way back to episode 23 now
1: So, for episode 23, we got a comment from Carrie, and they let us know that they love the theory that Fitz uses Nosy to aid Verity through the skill-lit combo magic.
0: Yeah, and remember this is um, during the wedding chapter in the first book, when... Fitz um, is drowning. Fitz is drowning, Nosy drags him out, and then uses... His dying strength to give Fitz more strength to skill out to Verity.
1: Possibly. We don't know yes, for that's, sure. That's
0: our theory. But that
1: is our running
0: Well, theory. that's Emma's theory that I ascribe to because it, <laughs> it's the the language matches up.
1: Yeah. But yeah, so we got another person agreeing. Woo, thanks, yeah. Carrie. <laughs>
0: um, and Carrie says that it's too bad that Fitz never sees how special he is, which is incredibly true. He always sees it as a kind of curse and like a marking on him later on Mm -hmm. when um you know the coterie can find him like oh i smell that dog magic on you kind of thing like yeah the the mingling of the wit and the skill is so unique Yeah, that it's it's really interesting and i want to i pretty much say this at least every other week i want to know more about how that evolves with dutiful Mm. because he has the skill and the wit right and i want to see like
1: yeah, nobody ever mentions...
0: Did he keep that... Com- well, they were they were always talking about like keeping it completely separate from one another mm. and learning them separately, because Webb taught him for a little bit, right. and um, they got the actual skill scrolls. so Chade was teaching him. I just want to see like, in the future if that continues to be separate, or if they like, if Fitz is unique like that, and yeah. it's so intertwined because of the way that Night Eyes is so intertwined in his head and is able to bridge those gaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But
1: I do think he has a little bit of the Farseer blues and self-esteem <laughs> issues.
0: The Farseer blues, true. Um, my, it seems as though... Favorite the- band.
1: <laughs> a Good jazz cover band. Um, I think that Farseers in general seem to have a very low opinion of themselves. Except yeah. for Regal. He seemed to have skipped that gene. But <laughs> And although, desire. Although maybe he, like in his own private time is like you could have been more evil out there what are you doing you're going
0: soft <laughs>
1: <laughs> so maybe he has his own struggles with you know self doubt or self love i don't know
0: self love sure i'm sure he's always been i don't know
1: he could you sometimes people who are very boisterous and seem very self confident are very hurt on the inside true
0: this this whole ending part here is just a PSA to talk through your feelings.
1: Get help, reach get out. Help. It's okay to it's okay to get help.
0: Yeah. Everyone could use a little bit of therapy, I think. So.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Got to make your brain healthy.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to us ramble about <laughs> different things. Um looking forward to uh seeing you guys next week.
1: Yeah. And also thank you for reaching out. And also, quick shout out to Sue. I love the fact that you call your son a good pup. That makes me so happy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a bad habit, but it's like the greatest habit ever. Because we just call any dog that we see a good pup now.
1: Yeah. All
0: right, thanks so much, everyone.
1: See you next week.